nothing, you lose. I've never been so high in my life. The category is Butch Queen, Butch Queen, Butch Queen, first time in drags at a ball. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Who Shot You? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me today, we have, as always, from the LA Weekly, film critic April Wolf. Hi, April. Hey, Ricky. <laughs> and film reviews editor at The Wrap, Alonzo Duralde. What's up, Alonzo? Hey, I can't even match that level of enthusiasm from April. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I like I got blasted by a <laughs> uh, We got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking about American Maid. My name's Barry Seal. Some of this shit really happened. We're also going to be introducing a new segment, The Forgotten Women of Hollywood. We're going to be talking about the Greek actress. Uh, help me out, April, because you will be uh, running this part of the show. I'm, I'm great for pronunciation. Thank it's you. Melina McCurry. Muchas gracias. Melina McCurry. Uh, and we'll also be giving you our staff picks at the end of the show. Sounds good? That's what's up. Uh, before we get into that, hey, y'all. What's going on? How do you feel? Alonzo, what's good? Uh, what's good is the Yacht Rock channel on Pandora. <laughs> I was listening to that on my way in, and it was just one smooth jam after another. Little Seals and Crofts, little Climax Blues Band. Fire. It was all very mellow. Yes, I'm, yes. Hey, bro, what's good with you? Um, what's good with me, I guess, is that Interview with a Vampire is available on like every single major flight in the U.S. <laughs> And then I can I can watch it and make my my seat partners feel a little bit uncomfortable for at least two hours, and it just makes me feel good. I was gonna say there's a lot of breasts in that movie. It's, it's incredibly breast heavy. Breast heavy. <laughs> a, a breast heavy movie. I believe the word is boobular. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old English. Oh, I, for, I remember. Yeah, or mystery science theater. One oh, of the two. <laughs> Ricky, what's good? Oh, I'm getting emotional. I was asked what's good before I was asked to ask what's good. Before you could complain about it. Uh, I had a really good day. I work on a television show called Tosh.0. And today I filmed a scene where I was uh, strapped into a harness and raised six feet above the ground and got to act like I was a flying gardener. The that's, greatest feeling in the world. That's, feeling that's like you're, I, is it, that why you went to Yale Drama School? <laughs> <laughs> that's why Can I you, got my fly, master's at Yale. Flying gar- gardener? Is I that, mean, I don't want to give away the bit. Oh, okay. Because right. okay, 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 of, 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 of the show. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, no. It's, <laughs> I, I love my job. I love my day job. It's it's fantastic. So uh, that's what's good with me. I flew I flew like an eagle as a gardener today. Uh, now we're going to get into the first segment of our show that we call lovingly uh, It a Dick. <laughs> uh, this is a part of the show where I will read a news blurb or a headline, and I will ask April or Alonzo, is this important? Do you care? That's what It a Dick stands for. Is this important? Do you care? Uh, oh, my man was just in town last night here in Los Angeles putting on a concert. Chance the Rapper oh, is defending the movie The House, the Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler joint, The House. He tweeted six times. He was upset that the movie only got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, he tweeted, if the film critics of today can't find where The House is a comedic del- delicacy, then I don't want to hear any more reviews. Is this important? Do you care? And who the hell ever says the words comedic delicacy? Are we eating it? <laughs> what? Well, maybe the tomatoes gave him the idea. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, look, Chance the Rapper can like the house all he wants. It's a free country. You know, 
go with Will Ferrell. If that if that's if that's what floats your boat, that's what tickles your funny bone. But you know, critics get enough crap for, on a daily basis for existing. We don't need Chance the Rapper out there <laughs> from his tour bus tweeting about how we don't know shit because we didn't appreciate the comic genius of the house. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you do your job, Chance the Rapper, and enjoy whatever movies you want. But like. Get off my back. <laughs> also, I've heard some uh, credible gossip about Chance the Rapper. Oh, that, okay, okay, here we go. He is, he's just not okay with criticism in general. Ooh, and so that, that means, right? you know, uh, separating from entities or hiding things from entities so they cannot be critically reviewed, his own work specifically. Really? So I think he might have something against the critics. At the same time, I love people who voice, you know, amazingly uh, audacious opinions about terrible movies. You know, like, I, I love it when someone wants to go to bat for something that is so bad because, you know, I will do that as well. And I love it when someone can find something really uh, specific about a film that they love. And so, you know... I'm the, Go for it, I'm the one good review for the 9-11 movie with Charlie Sheen. So, like, <laughs> yes. I appreciate that level of contrariness. I'm just saying, don't take it out on me. Just love the movie. Love <laughs> love the house chants and leave the critics out of it. Exactly. Please, you know, don't malign us. Uh, I don't know. I'm, it's already hard enough. I've got two cats. I'm <laughs> just struggling to say, <laughs> you know, to survive. I don't need Chance the Rapper telling me I'm shit. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Alicia, actress Alicia, uh, am I, uh, April, can I go to, uh, go to you on this one? Is it uh, Vikander? Uh, Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander, she's not happy about the gender gap and is pushing to close it. This year she was at Zurich Film Festival. She's promoting her film Euphoria. And she said, I quote, I looked back and I did four films in a row where I was a lead in all of them, but there wasn't a single scene where I was with another m- where I was with another woman, which is nuts, really. So I really want to make sure that I always have that in the back of my mind when I'm producing projects. She does think that industry is taking steps in the right direction. Uh, another quote that she had was, people are talking about it more, people are aware, and I think that's the way towards change. Is this important? Do you all care? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, how, I kind of felt silly asking will that. Brie Larson ever get to be in a movie where she gets to talk to another woman? You know, this is something that I think about like all the time. Oh, you didn't know King Kong was female. You didn't know <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, obviously, it's very important. And um, I did see Euphoria at TIFF, and um, I'll give, I'll save my review of that. What I can say about it is that it is, you know, two um, actresses who are, you know at the top of their game who have some really beautiful scenes together that were interesting that I don't get to see a lot of sister stories. I believe it's Eva Green. Mm. Um, Oh, yes. And um, the two of them together are really talented and I love sister stories and you can tell that that was at the forefront of her mind when she was producing this project. So she's putting her money where her mouth is with this. We are in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, now through October 15th, y'all, you can stream over 100 free Latino movies over on Canopy. That's Canopy with a K. Canopy with a K. Uh, canopy.com. 
All you need to, in order to access the site is your library card. Alonzo, you've been telling us about this website. I yes? have plugged it on the show before. Yeah, Canopy is amazing. It, it's not available everywhere, but most major cities, I think now, if you have a library card in the system, uh, you can access that site and you get the whole Criterion Library, which also has a lot of Latino films in it, and the Janus Library, Kino Lorber, including recent stuff like I Am Not Your Negro, uh, and yeah, and and uh, apparently a, a big chunk of Latino films, uh, which, you know... I, I did not know it was Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. No one tells me anything or sends me cards. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I, didn't, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't it's in the mail. At, I didn't see you at the last meeting when I we were in. We I, talked I, about I it, registered for gifts and so far, <laughs> bookus. Uh, no, but it's you know it, it, it's a great variety of films from around the world. And, uh, and yeah, you can't beat the price. It's F-R-E-E. That's what's up. Free 99. Uh, I was on the website today, actually, and I watched the trailer for El Norte. You can watch a, a couple of trailers on uh, this website called Remezcla.com. Uh, and you can also see all the movies uh, that are listed uh, on Canopy. Uh, and I watched a trailer for El Norte and a trailer for a movie called Cuba American, A Million Refugees. And I almost cried in my cubicle. Wow. It was oh, just like, oh, man, this is my people. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty great. Uh, so go on over to uh, Canopy uh, and celebrate uh, Hispanic Heritage Month watching movies, y'all. Uh, there's confusion in the DC universe, everyone. People don't know if the new round of DC movies that are coming out, are they all going to be in this shared universe, this DC Comics uh, EU universe? And everybody who's in charge there isn't really helping out. Uh, the DC Entertainment president, Diane Nelson, said DC movies are not in a shared universe. Uh, one of her quotes is, There's no insistence upon an overall, st- overall storyline or interconnectivity in that universe. But then the next day, DC's creative director, Jeff Johns, tweeted out that DC films are 100% in a shared universe. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, we, I, they all just need to have a meeting together. Uh, is this important to you all? Do you care about this? I care more than I should because I grew up reading comics and mm-hmm. I, I was into these characters. And I remember, you know, in these sort of pre-Avengers superhero landscape thinking, God, you know, Marvel has sort of strewn their seeds about all over the place. You know, Sony's got Spider-Man and Fox has, you know, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And, you know, I guess Fox has Daredevil and this other place. You know, like it was just sort of all over the place. Right. Uh, it was before Disney kind of swooped in to kind of to, to to run the show, but I thought you know DC is all it's owned by Warner Brothers. They should all be under the Warner umbrella. They could make a Justice League movie if they wanted to, and they just never did, and it drove me up the wall. And then Avengers happened, and then suddenly there was this mad scramble, like oh my god, we need to. Uh, uh. And I thought, well, okay, so the one thing these guys have in their favor is they own everything. It's all under the umbrella. If they want to make a movie that has like you know Dark Side and Brother Power, the Geek. And- and, you know, <laughs> Black Lightning, they own all of them. And then they somehow still can't get this together. I mean, I'm hoping that Justice League is fun and that it works. But, I mean, it's been such a rocky road up till now. I know you all love the Snyder. I'm not down for that. Thank you. But it's like, I, you know, how hard is this? <laughs> yeah, you know, these are these are actual, like, corporate 
entities that you know, like you guys you already own this stuff. You don't have to acquire anything. You don't have to regain the rights. This was never not under your purview, and you're still fucking it up. I need to correct the record uh, <laughs> because I am not a Snyder head, but I do. So, I, I stand in solidarity with Ricky's Snyder uh, head. Okay. Like, I, if he wants to be that person, I want to support him and everything gotcha. he does. Thank so you. How Thank much you're enabling, but I'm you're not enabling. <laughs> but okay. I'm not. So I need to correct it. But how much okay. about how much do you care about this, Ricky? Because I feel like you're going to have an opinion. I I care because I I want DC to just do whatever they want and stop kind of semi apologizing for what they do. Also, stop telling us everything you're doing. Just put the movie out there <laughs> and let it stand on its own. It, 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 things just feel so reactionary from mm. them. Hey, Marvel did this. Oh, well, the Avengers came out. Oh, well, we're doing the Justice League. We're doing the Justice League. We got yeah. it right here. Look. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, hey, guys, you're, you're, you're good. Have, be, be strong. Do, you, you have fans out there. Do the funny 80s Justice League, the Keith Giffen one, and I will, I will be perfectly happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy that Alonzo will be happy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be having a discussion about the Tom Cruise joint, American Made. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right. Dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah. So. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat Rocks. Welcome back to Who Shot You? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me in the studio is... Alonzo Duraldi. And... April Wolf. That's what's up. Today we are going to be talking about American Made, y'all. Thank you for coming to see me. Sir, I think there's been some sort of mistake here because I... Uh, these fellas just picked me up at the airport. No, no, no mistake. Just please. Have a seat. Coffee, Mr. Seal? You know my name? Very gringo who flies to Central America every week. Taking pictures very low with your fancy plane. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, those photos, see, I have a uh, aviation company here yes. in South America. Yes, yes, yes. I see, yes, sir. Or is it... CIA. What? <laughs> what? What? That was a clip from uh, American Main starring Tom Cruise. And to tell us about it, I'm going to toss it over to April. Um, <laughs> Barry Seal is this guy played by Tom Cruise, and he's a commercial pilot who is recruited very quickly by the CIA to take covert photos of um, communist forces in uh, Central America. So the Sandinistas, mostly. And, Nicaragua. Yeah. And then it goes to Colombia, too, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he ends up getting recruited to run drugs for um, Escobar. 
because Escobar is in every major movie that we have, even though he's, so, <laughs> like, he's yeah, When he turned up in La La Land, I was like, wow. <laughs> what? Wow. They really figured out a way to get him in there. Um, drama dance still. his ass off. Exactly. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he ends up running drugs, and he ends up running guns for the, the government in the Iran-Contra affair, basically, what it turns out to be. He gets double-crossed a million times, but he is super cool, and he always finds a way through all the problems. So, yeah. That's it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although, there's a fascinating Slate article that tells you everything this movie gets wrong and lies about. <laughs> so, definitely go read that after you see the movie because, like, oh, so none of this happened. I, or, I, or a lot of it didn't. I, I watch that. This was a movie where I was dividing everything by three. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was one, for me, this is one of those movies that you can sort of squint at it and see the movie that it thinks it is or that it wants to be and maybe occasionally even is Mm -hmm. it's sort of like if you take the idea of if Top Gun represents sort of the worst of the kind of rah-rah Reagan era this is a movie that kind of flips out on its head and shows like what was really going on in the Reagan years which was you know drug trafficking and and, you know arming uh, 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 Central Americans in an attempt to fight the Cold War you know in in third party countries and you know Iran-Contra and all this sort of ridiculous stuff that was happening which is a cool idea and and obviously casting Tom Cruise is a you know you're you're making a point with that um but it doesn't spark either sort of comedically or satirically or politically or even as kind of an action movie it feels kind of familiar like it's it's that chunk of goodfellas we've seen a million times yep. where he's like got all these suitcases of money and what am i going to do with all this and you know yeah uh, it, it 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 needed to be i don't know either wackier or darker or something it it feels like this kind of blandly middle of the road version of this story hmm. April, what did you think? I, I thought that there were some... Uh, I want to talk about the things that I did like oh, first. Okay, okay. Um, April the hater on the other <laughs> side of things now. <laughs> Which is not to say that I didn't have things I enjoyed. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But I, I want to get this out of the way so people don't think that I'm just shitting on this movie. Because <laughs> I do think that there are always some good stuff. But um, Domhnall Gleeson, um, yes. he plays the CIA agent who, um, CIA agent who recruits uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, sorry, not Tom Cruise, but he is Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, he's, su- uh, he's Southern Tom Cruise. He's Southern Tom <laughs> Cruise. Yeah, Barry Steele, um, and he plays a different kind of CIA agent than we have seen previously, which I thought was really nice because he's kind of gawky and strange, and isn't kind of like a you know tight lipped. Um, you know, kind of a black suit wearing kind of guy that you might expect. He's kind of like relaxed and, you know, whimsical and easygoing. And so he's got some nice comedic I moments. I like that he's involved in office rivalries. Yeah. 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 There's office rivalries and it's kind of mundane, some of the stuff that he's doing. Um, there's a few times where I feel like he takes it a little bit overboard where, you know, like there's, there's one shot of um, that his character, like, standing on top of some artillery or something or like an airplane wing and there's where the shot is looking up at him and he's like dancing and he's like yeah baby we're in business and I was just like oh no no you have not earned that (laughs) but I I do think that his performance is is wonderful and I do think that Caleb Landry Jones who plays you know another terrible dude he's so good at being creepy that he creeps the fuck 
fuck out of me, that guy. He like he just he emerges in the film, and I'm like, oh god, oh yeah. this is as, gonna be unpleasant. As soon as he showed up, I wanted to run up to the screen and just like wipe all like the nasty like greasy he, sweat he, on him. I was he, like, you. Oh, he's ugh. inherited the Michael Pitt mantle of like always looking like he's got a layer of mucus on him <laughs> at, at, at sure. every moment. Like he's like a just born like uh, yearling or something. <laughs> yes. He's still got what? the amniotic fluid on him. Yeah, and he's super gross. He's got that cheesy little stash, and he's mm. like a, a, a disgusting um, southern dude with the shirt sleeves cut off of his shirt. Mm. And he's stars like, and bars on his collar. Yeah, yeah, stars and bars. Yeah, there's a lot of stars and bars in this movie. Let's, you know. Well, it's you... Arkansas in the 80s. It's Arkansas in the 80s, so you're like, ah, oh, well, setting for sure. Yeah. Um, but he's gross, and you're just rooting for him to go away. And I. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he showed up, I was like, "Yeah, get this guy out of here!" Oh like, man, I'm this is trouble. To see how he's gonna die, right? Like, how am I gonna kill him? <laughs> we were talking I, before. Uh, the, the, sorry, no. Jesse Plemons and and Lola Kirk play the local sheriff and his wife. And at, by the end of it, I'm thinking like they must have had a whole subplot that got chopped out somewhere because there is no way you cast two character actors that good and give them the nothing they get in this movie. Yeah. Like I think they've got four lines each. I thought I was going to really not enjoy this movie uh, because, like you said, Alonzo, I was like, it's, this is just going to remind me of everything I've seen before. It's going to be very dated. Uh, but I like kind of the little left turns they took. Uh, Tom Cruise is a movie star, y'all. Mm. He's a movie yeah. star. Indeed, and he still. <laughs> carries this movie. Like, just, I, I was completely fine with his, like, southern drawl that he has. I like seeing Tom Cruise with an accent. I also didn't get, get necessarily the impression that I'm supposed to like Tom Cruise. He's hmm. very charismatic in it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is fun to watch, this guy. But yeah. I didn't feel... And I liked Tom Cruise in that kind of movie. I feel like this isn't a role that we see Tom Cruise usually in, where it's like, yep, you're the good guy. You're the one who we're supposed to be cheering on. Yeah, I'm like, no, you're a coke dealer. It's a, you're it's, doing terrible it's, things. It's definitely an anti-hero. It's, it's directed by Doug Liman, who he did, who worked with on Edge of Tomorrow, which is a much better movie. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also a role that allows him to do... In that movie, he does the sort of traditional Tom Cruise arc of, like, caddish a-hole who sort of l develops a conscience. Mm. Yeah. This movie, it's almost the opposite. I mean, he gets less of a conscience <laughs> as the movie goes on and becomes more despicable in a way or at least it, it you know, will will go further and further afield of, of you know, moral behavior by the time it's over. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's he's, yeah, he's magnetic. He's, he's, always, he's interesting to watch. I just wish that the, this movie feels like it wants to say things about that era, but it doesn't ever get around to saying them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're so close to Tom Cruise's character, we don't really leave him very often to see the effects of maybe what he's doing. Because um, I just kept thinking the whole time, I was just like... This guy's real terrible, and we're supposed to laugh at him. And <laughs> yeah. like, he's like disgusting, and the things that he's doing are getting so many people killed and um, ruining people's lives. Yeah. And we don't get to see that, and we're not reminded of that in any way. It's just like cheeky, kind of winky stuff at well, Reagan. Yeah. And, 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 and I've, um, I've heard people compare the movie to Wolf of Wall Street for that very reason. It's like this sort of like jaunty, you know, uh, uh, which tone I hated too, and and a, and a charismatic lead. And but we're supposed to sort of take it as read that oh yeah, by the way. Uh, 
all the stuff he's up to is disgusting and horrible and yeah. and and fucked up with a, a bunch of people's livelihoods. You know, I did like the mechanics of all of how things work. The notion of like. How do you get off of this really short runway, and how do you drop yeah. <laughs> off the, the the cocaine in the swamps without anybody, you know, without it sinking or getting caught, or how do you do the like those things? The well, they actually sort of walk you through how he did all this stuff and mm-hmm. what was involved in doing it. I found that kind of interesting, but dang. Uh, me being Colombian, and I watch a movie like this right away. I'm like, I'm walked, I'm watching it with. Out the side, out the side of my face, like, all right, here's another movie about my people. Uh, we're doing the same damn thing again. There's so many. Hollywood has figured out a way to when there's a movie about cocaine and it's white people. It's oh man, I've got to. Uh, my family's in a spot. I have to figure out a way how to save my family. Shit, I guess I got to deal drugs. When it's told from the Latino aspect, it's like, God damn, it's so fun murdering. It's so fun robbering. You know what else I should do? Start dealing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, do you ever have that mindset when you watch a movie? Or are you just like, boom, I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is? I mean, you know, I, it's the kind of thing where it's so... Does it have to? Does that have to come from a director who's like... I, I, oh, it, I know. Doug it, Lyman is just going to give me some popcorn shit. It's sort of like when you, you know, when you ask the fish how the water is, and the fish says, "What's water?" Like when I see huh. these drug cartel guys, I know exactly what I'm about to get. And so it's a question of if somebody occasionally does it differently, then it's like, oh. Okay, well, that's different. But yeah, once, you know, Escobar and those guys show up, you're like, okay, well, they're going to act like this, and this is going to be the house, and this is, there's going to be, like, the woman that, you know, like, is there for arm candy or whatever, and it, here's where they're going to storm the compound, you know? Like, you just mm-hmm. kind of check it off in your mind yeah. where you know it's going to happen. And so I should probably be more actively offended, but I just it, – it, I'm, I'm numb to it now because everybody does the same thing. I was kind of distracted as well. I'm in the middle of watching Narcos right now, and the guy who plays – Escobar, the guy who plays Escobar in uh, American Made, and American Made, is playing one of the Ochoas in Narcos. <laughs> what? And I was just like, bro, oh, you so- are knocking these roles out. You're just handling it. <laughs> he, he there are only like, ten actors. Yeah, he did one audition, got it all done. They were like, we know exactly what you're doing. The, I have to say that the one, the one place where you can find um, a more realistic and sympathetic version of um, someone who has to turn to um, dealing cocaine in the 80s would be Snowfall, uh, the TV show on FX. Because there is a young boy in that who's very smart and who who does turn to this and we see him in a really sympathetic light but what you guys are very right where it is you know it, it's for white people it's like oh we're having fun and yeah. dealing drugs yeah, yeah. And but, it's like, but i'm doing it because of my daughter she needs a surgery or some shit and yeah, i'm just like or, oh i'm supposed or to in this movie just like because he wants some fun <laughs> he's you know? bored being a pilot <laughs> oh i'm so bored and so i'm gonna you know put other people in danger with like in my commercial airline <laughs> you know i just I, but I have to say, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and him when he is acting confused or out of place, I really like a lot more than when he is super cool guy who gets everything. Yes, yeah, when he's yeah. flailing a bit, that is fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I that's and I don't know if it's something that him and like either Doug Lyman has figured out how to get from him uh, from Tom Cruise's performances or or Tom Cruise is just self aware. But I love. The Tom Cruise who shows up in movies who doesn't 
really know too much. That's why I love. That's why I love Edge of Tomorrow because it's like, oh yeah, you're kind of a dumbass. You haven't like figured it out yet, you know. Or you, or he thinks he's so so much smarter than everybody else. And it's like, no, no, you haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I loved that part about his character in this. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> we got a t- uh, we got a question from somebody on Twitter. Their at name is Sharjem. Shout out to Sharjem. Uh, he said, can you all rate Tom Cruise's running in this film? <laughs> I assume he runs away from something slash someone. I don't think he does. I think he gets in and out of a lot of planes in this movie. Yeah. I don't think he actually ever runs. The planes do the running for him in this yeah, one. because I know Tom Cruise running is a thing, but I think this is a movie where he kind of sits it out. He does a light jog, if I remember. <laughs> a trot? <laughs> yeah, he does a trot. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody pointed out that Doug Lyman directed Go, which is a much better movie about drugs, I want to say. Uh, do, do, you, do you know that no, movie? So, no, I, I know the movie. Somebody asked me today if I'd seen Go, and I was like, that is that is one I have not gone back to. Oh, it's oh. so good. It's it, one of my favorites. It is, it's a great L.A. movie. It's a great Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a lot of things. And it's, it's also one of those movies where, like, everybody in it wound up becoming famous. Right. So it's like Baby, you know, Katie Holmes and Sarah Polly mm-hmm. and um, uh, Melissa McCarthy is in it for, like, 45 seconds. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's really fun. Oh, Timothy Olyphant. Yes, sorry, Laura. Timothy Olyphant also <laughs> shirtless in Go, looking mighty fine. Uh, are we good? Are we done with Tom Cruise? I'm okay if I never see Tom Cruise have a love interest again. Really? <laughs> hey, now. Well, you don't want him to be happy, Ricky? <laughs> I want him to be happy with someone who looks like is age appropriate. That was another well, thing that was sure. distracting. Was like, Tom, you just... Hey, you're Tom Cruise, dude. I'm not... It looks weird. And maybe it's just... It, it just is weird when he's with somebody who's like, man, you, she is much younger than you, bruh. Yeah, I mean, they weren't quite Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow, but they were they were pushing it. It was, no, it was very noticeable, I thought. Very noticeable. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was assuming that it was... Uh, his daughter and that she was trying to clean up her room because her dad was coming home in the beginning. <laughs> and then when I realized that she was like trying to sex him up, <laughs> uh, a cold chill ran down my spine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we are again. <laughs> so uh, overall, guys, what do you think? Uh, should we, uh, do you recommend to people they screen it, stream it, or skip it? Alonzo, what do you think? I'm going to say stream it. I mean, there are there are pleasures to be found in it, and Tom Cruise's performance being among them. And it's not, you know, it's not terrible. It's it's perfectly okay, uh, but perfectly okay enough that you don't necessarily have to leave the house for it. April, I was between stream and screen simply because of cinematography and sound design. A movie like this, like sometimes it's nice to see like in the big theater with all of that noise coming at you. But, uh, you know, uh, for what it is, I would say stream it. I would say this is a stream it. But if somebody's like, hey, it's Sunday afternoon. Do you want to go see American Man at the show? I'd be like, yeah, handle that, dude. Make sure you go to the matinee. You know, don't pay full price for it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty. I thought it was a pretty fun movie, uh, and I love. I hope Doug Liman and Tom Cruise. I hope they have like a Scorsese De Niro relationship together <laughs> now, where they just keep churning them out because they're they're two for two in my opinion. Uh, all right, we'll uh, we will be right back, y'all. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the forgotten women of Hollywood. 
You're listening to Who Shot Ya? Every week on Inside Pop, we take turns recommending something great from the world of pop culture to each other. And in the month of October, we're going big, very big, with the Big Sell 30. Every day for 30 days, we're going to suggest some type of pop culture to check out. Things that may not be on your radar, but will be well worth trying. From TV to music to movies and more, the Big Cell 30 is as irresistible as a Jedi mind trick. As convincing as an Annalise Keating closing argument. And as seductive as Miguel singing a ballad shirtless and slightly sweaty. Follow us on Twitter at Pop Insiders for daily Big Cells and listen to Inside Pop every week for Big Cells from some special guests. The Big Cell 30 starts October 1st and runs every day of the month on Inside Pop. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. With me, I have Alonzo Duralde and April Wolf. Today, we're introducing a new segment that we call the Forgotten Women of Hollywood. These are all women that we believe y'all should know about. April recorded a segment earlier on Greek actress Melina Mercuri. I got it right that time. Huh? <laughs> April, uh, why do you want to start with Melina? Well, uh, you guys ever heard that question? You know, like if someone, if you could have anyone play you in your biopic, doesn't matter like what age, if they're dead or alive, like you got to choose someone. Mm-hmm. And I have always, always chosen Melina McCurry. <laughs> and it is it is an aspirational choice for sure, but <laughs> she is to me uh, a movie goddess and and what I thought, you know, a movie star was. And yet I would talk about her incessantly with people cornering them uh, at parties and no one knew who she was and that was extremely frustrating so this to me is these sound like shitty parties I know they're <laughs> terrible right I, you know like I just want everyone to be on the same page and to have the same appreciation for this lost legend Wait, I have a theme song oh yeah <laughs> Forgotten women of Hollywood, we remember you. And now here's my segment. I'm Alina McCurry. Melina McCurry was working as a young actress on the Greek stage in the 1940s, mostly appearing in the classic tragedies. But American audiences were introduced to the raspy-voiced bombshell much later, and was after her husband, writer-director Jules Dassin, insisted on casting her in all of his movies. The most popular of these was a 1960 film called Never on Sunday, in which McCurry played a beachside town's prostitute who was regarded like a beloved politician. In the film, Dassin plays an American who's introduced to the simple pleasures of Greek culture as he falls for the sex worker. The American is encumbered by the attitudes of puritanical folks from home, and he attempts to liberate McCurry's character from this misogynistic burden. Only, she actually likes it. There are a number of arguments pro and con a critic could make regarding the gender politics of this spoof, but it is McCurry's robust performance that seals this film in the canon. Even in genteel songs, her husky voice seems to wrap you in a warm blanket, where you feel as carefree as this merry prostitute. Here's her singing the title track from the film. Who 
But for my money, I'd rather watch McCurry in the undersung 1964 art caper, Top Copy. It was also directed by Dustin. Here, McCurry plays Elizabeth Lip, a cunning woman who's fascinated by fine gems and jewels. When she lays eyes on one particular piece in a Turkish museum, she sets a convoluted plan in motion to steal it and recruits a motley crew of characters to help. Dassin shot the film in Technicolor that pops on the screen as sharply as the film's cheeky dialogue, and Mercury is clearly the star and ringleader for this ridiculous plan. And, goddammit, she's charming. Melina Mercury! What are you doing here? I have an appointment. Here, on these rooftops? Yes. Oh, may I ask? With Peter Ustinov, Maximilian Schell, and Robert Morley. <laughs> to do what? <laughs> There's a world of meaning in that, haha. <laughs> At least tell me why Istanbul. Because in Istanbul there is a top copy. But Mercury was more than a comic actress. In my favorite role of hers, which she did in between these two in 1962's Fedra, Mercury starred opposite a young and wiry Anthony Perkins, a.k.a. Psycho. As Fedra, she was a glamorous, beloved woman of Greece. She wears sleek gowns to boat christening parties where all the boats are named after her. She glides through every scene with the grace of a goddess, but her world's turned upside down when she meets the young but curmudgeonly son of her husband's first marriage. Ooh. And... She must have him. In her world, Fedra was queen. But one day... I don't care if the whole world burns down. I'd sacrifice anything to kiss you. From that moment, destiny uprooted her world. This melodrama has one of the most beautifully shot love scenes in cinema history. Imagine if Hitchcock had put that brilliant, censor-dodging psycho brain to work on a sex scene instead of a murder scene. We see bits and pieces of body parts, faces in extreme close-up, rain on the window panes, and a hand reaching up to touch it with delicate fingers dancing on the glass. Woo! It's hot. Still, I want to drive home that Mercury was more than just an actress. She was every bit the powerful woman in the real life that she played in the movies. Born to a political family that fought for the working class, it wasn't unusual for her to have a hundred or so citizens over to dinner at her parents' house. And her parents wanted her to go into politics, and they eventually got their wish. After she was exiled from Greece by a right-wing political party for about a decade or so, she returned and won a seat in the parliament as a socialist. She located her office right in the working class district where never on Sunday was shot, and she listened to every constituent's story. When she retired, she was made the Minister of Culture and fought to get ancient artifacts returned to Greece. So by the time she died of lung cancer in 1994, she was a movie star, but she was also a hero to millions. R.I.P. Melina McCurry, goddess of the screen. For people who don't know about Melina McCurry, what movies should they start off with in her filmography? I mean, I I think that for the fun thing, you sh- you should start off with Top Copy, which mm. I talk a little about about oh. in the segment. I think people will love it. Alonzo, are you familiar with films of uh, Melina McCurry? I have seen Top Copy, which I adore. It's one of the great caper films of all time. Interestingly, mm-hmm. I think Dassin directed the two great caper films of all time, Rafifi uh, in black and white, which is dead serious and was, in fact, I think, what banned by the French government for a while because yes. they thought it was going to teach people how to do this stuff. <laughs> yes. And then Top Copy, which is just like, as you mentioned, technicolor and, 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 and fun and free. And Peter Ustinov won an Oscar for his supporting role in that film. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a hoot. It's a 
the hoop. But I, I do think Rafifi gets a little bit more credit because it's so much more serious, you yeah. know. But this one, I say, uh, I love it. It's fun. <laughs> what? How did you? How did you even find out about her? Like, what? what where, where? What's the first first movie you saw her in? Where you're like, whoa, shit. God, I think it was Top Copy. Yeah, yeah, and um, that hooked me because she's so funny in it, and um, th- there just weren't that many kind of like outrageous, audacious women that I would see in these capers. You know, she has a laugh with a lot of life in it. Oh God, God. <laughs> to, like her to have her laugh. Oh. <laughs> Excellent, solid. Uh, well, that's shit. That was our first segment: the Forgotten Women of Hollywood. Uh, all right, now is the time of the show where we give our recommendations, our staff picks. Uh, Alonzo, what do you think people should be watching? Okay, well, the uh, Hallmark Countdown to Christmas is still weeks away, but <laughs> you can still get your Christmas Jones on and your October horror movie Jones as well uh, with a brand new comedy called Better Watch Out. It is opening in theaters on October 6th, but is also uh, streaming. So wherever you are, if it's not at a theater near you, you can get it on iTunes or the usual places. It stars Levi Miller, who is the kid in Pan, who was the only good thing in Pan, <laughs> um, as a 12-year-old who is uh, being babysat by a, a sexy older teenager while his parents are out at a Christmas party and um, suddenly there are strange noises outside and weird things start happening and they may have to defend themselves and it gets very uh, home alone-ish but in a very dark and twisted way and it's a lot of fun and it's a movie that that kept me guessing all the way through uh, all the way to the closing credits even and so it is hella Christmassy it's you know snow and the tree and the you know the ugly sweaters and everything but it's also this really cool suspenseful um murder and mayhem movie we're in april oh i knew that alonzo was going to pick that so i was going to have to pick another one (laughs) (laughs) calling it a comedy is very generous though well it it, it is there's some fun stuff yeah there there are comic undertones but it's a horror movie yeah for sure (laughs) um so because of that and because it's also october i was so excited to find out that my favorite film uh, of this year, which is going to be on my top 10 list, uh, Julia Ducourneau's um, uh, Raw, is on Netflix. Yes. Ooh. And so for all those people who on every podcast and every uh, top 10 list and everything that I've ever written, this is like, see this movie and you haven't been able to, like, now you must see this movie. Raw. Put yeah. it on your Netflix queue. Do they still call it a queue? I still call it a queue. It's my list, I think. <laughs> my list. Yes. Put it on my, my list, list. Like your my list. <laughs> because it's a, it's a sister cannibal tale that is uh, an oral, oral, an oral experience. A-U- Both of those. <laughs> all, all the O's. All, all, oral and oral. <laughs> the music is amazing. The sound is amazing. The, the cinematography is amazing. I, You watch a film like this and you go, oh, my God, this is important immediately. So yep. you, you must see it. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie uh, that we were just talking about uh, during uh, the American May discussion because I still don't think enough people have seen Edge of Tomorrow. It's mm. so good. It's like it's. I thought it was one of the best movies uh, that came out that year, and they just they stumbled with how they were promoting it, and then they live got, die repeat. Oh man! I mean, like when oh. I heard that, I got so angry. Sometimes we just give too much credit to dumb people. Like, oh, they didn't go see it because of the title. Well, then that's on them. 
please watch uh, Edge of Tomorrow slash Live Die Repeat. The sequel, I'm told, is called Live Die. They're working on a sequel. And the sequel, I was told, is called Live Die Repeat and Repeat. No. No. No, it's like Pete and Repeat in a boat. <laughs> Just call it Lather, Rinse, Repeat while you're at it. <laughs> Jesus. It's terrible. Uh, but Live, Live Die Repeat is, uh, you can get it streaming, uh, pay for that movie. It is so good. It's a lot of fun. And it's fun to watch Tom Cruise be an, uh, be an idiot. Uh, that's our show, y'all. Thank you all very much for, uh, for listening. Thank you, April, for being here. You have to be here. <laughs> I'm paid to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Alonzo, as well. Thanks. Next week, we'll be discussing Blade Runner 2049, and we'll have a special guest. Ira Madison III will be here to join us. Uh, thanks to everybody who's leaving us reviews on iTunes. What? 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 Please keep doing that. Leave us reviews and we'll give you a shout out. Uh, for example, shout out to Charles WWW. Shout out to Kate Littleton. Robert the Bruce Wayne. LAWJR3. That's their Christian name, I'm told. <laughs> Randa Prince. TXM, Texum, and oh, DJ Home Alone 2. DJ Home Alone 2. <laughs> Colon, lost in New York. <laughs> His MC is Kevin. That's what's up. Uh, you want us to recommend movies for you? You can tweet us at Who Shot Your Pod, or you can email us at Who Shot You at MaximumFun.org. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of MaximumFun.org, and that's what's up, yo. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.